Hey everybody, welcome to the Campfire Gaming Podcast. My name's Chase. You should know me, kind of, maybe, sort of. I'm with Matt and Mike. It's May 31st, 2020, with some, you know, interesting week going on, but let's kind of forget about all that right now and talk about some video games. Kind of get your sexy radio. Yeah, I was going to say, this is going sexy. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. You got the date right, which is great, and you said it (laughs) sexy. All Turn right. those lights down and uh, our, our here we go. Later. All right, so we uh, let's jump into it with uh, EA news. So EA Q4 2020 financial call. So I thought it was interesting you guys are bringing this up, but um, well, we got a bunch of news. And Matt, do you want to dive into this? I think this is your area of expertise. Yeah. So, I mean, the reason we, I want to talk about this here is because usually some, you can get some tidbits out of different financial, in this case, calls and reports and things like that. And there was quite a bit of information that came out of um, the the EA one. Uh, mostly they kind of went over their, you know, their catalog of uh, games that they're going to be releasing between now and March 2021, which I think is their their whatever fiscal year. I guess I'm not a financial guru, so I, I guess I'm not sure. But um, we, we see we uh, see on their list here a bunch of games that you expect and some that are kind of unknown and, and I figured maybe it would uh, we could we could chat about a few of the games and maybe start up their rumor mill on one of them. But um. Yeah, so between now and March 2021, they're going to have 14 games that come out. Two of those will be mobile games. Uh, one is an EHD title, which is actually the big one I want to talk about. Um, you know, a lot of rumors around that one. As you'd expect, four sports games, your typical, your FIFA and your Madden NFL, uh, Madden NFL game, NHL, um, another unannounced sports game. I don't think any news has come out on what that one is. I'm trying to think what other... Whatever sports franchise they got, there aren't any. There's Those none. are the real ones: Madden, hockey, yeah. soccer, baseball. Yeah, that doesn't exist. No, it does. It's just MLB the Dang. show. But uh, <laughs> a is couple... that EA? Who does that? No, that's a that's a. Oh, I can't remember their name. It's a Sony thing. But yeah, that was big news a while back. Where that's actually not going to be Sony exclusive now. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's not EA it that's doing it. Uh, but there was going to be a couple, uh, four EA partner games, and then uh, was it uh, three? Three of the games that we know out of the fourteen coming outside of you know other than your 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 Fifas and your Maddens um, are the soon to be, be released Command and Conquer Remastered, the Medal of Honor VR game, which I believe Respawn Entertainment is working on, and then the Burnout Paradise Remastered, which we also talked about at previous podcasts. Why do I feel like those are all Switch games? It, uh, everything remastered to me right now just says Nintendo Switch. Yeah, well, no, if you remember, this is coming. It, yeah, it's just a remastered, but it was. I think we got that news. Did we get that on the Nintendo Direct? That was the other month that we chatted about. Uh Burnout Paradise, we did, but I don't know about uh, Command and Conquer or Medal of Honor. Yeah, no, Command and Conquer has been kind of known for a while, and and actually looks and sounds really cool because it sounds like for once EA is doing some right right things with uh, remastering a game there. Uh, and I'm sure it's probably not too hard to do better than <laughs> than Blizzard with their uh, recent uh, what is it Warcraft Reforged. So, but uh, yeah, so kind of some interesting games there that are, are coming out. Um, I think one of the games that they they uh, they did kind of specifically talk about was the the Battlefield franchise, which is not 
included in this 14 game list, even the unknown games. Uh, basically, they're kind of taking a year off to refine and 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 kind of build, some, I think, a new experience for for next gen. Uh, how do you guys do you guys Battlefield players at all? Very little. I think I did a beta once. And <laughs> that's about my extent. Bad company. I God, I played a lot of Battlefield. I really liked it for a while, and then I just I stopped. Too many FPS games, and it just kind of was like, <laughs> yeah, eh, whatever. Yeah, it was it Hardline. Was that the futuristic one? No, Hardline was like the cops and robbers work. one. Oh, Hardline was good. That's right. I actually liked Hardline. Yeah. Um, what was the was it Battlefield Four that had the like futuristic y kind of stuff? I think so. Cause see, that's the hard thing. I was a big fan of Battlefield a while back. You know, probably bigger fan during the Bad Company one bad and two. Bad Company two represent. Yeah, I love Bad Company two. So good. Uh, the, but yeah, after that, I, I mean, I, I think let's see, I bought three, four, and then their Battlefield one game that launched with the current gen of system, uh, current systems. Uh, the cool thing about Bad Company, though, real quick, is like that story was even good. Like usually, I played Call of Duty for the stories if I was going to play a shooter, mm-hmm. um, just because they were decent. But the Bad Company and Bad Company Two stories, like I loved those characters. It was just good. Yeah, no, there was a. I was a little disappointed. I do remember uh, Bad Company Two. It was weird. Like the Bad Company One was awesome. The story was great. It was a little goofy. There was a little humor in it. But I remember people being unhappy about the humor. So there wasn't as much in Bad Company Two, and it was still pretty good story from what I remember. But it it just didn't hit those those same same notes. And I was a little mad about it at the time. But uh, yeah, I, I, I struggled the last few years playing Battlefield. And honestly, I haven't played, uh, I guess, the, is it probably the most recent or the two most recent installments just because I got burnt out. I don't know what changed in the formula. I don't know if my, uh, you know, what I enjoyed out of the franchise, maybe my taste changed a little bit, uh, but it kind of got a little boring. I mean, in, to, to your point, too, is the stories just kind of they started going towards I think they caught them. Was it war war stories or something like that where you kind of yeah, you got a little remember. taste of everything around, you know, the in you know Battlefield One you got a bunch of little war stories around about you know uh, World War One and then I think they did that with the World War Two is that Battlefield Five that they did World War Two again? So yeah, I don't, honestly, I like after Battlefield Three, I want to say I just quit, just didn't touch up again, just yeah, because. Yeah, I was a sucker and kept buying them, and then, then I got smart and stopped because, yeah, the story wasn't worth it, and uh, just multiplayer just didn't. The multiplayer was, I felt like no matter what I did, I was done for. Like, I had a ton of fun in the previous ones. I just, I loved doing all the little hijinks that I would do. Mm-hmm. But in the newer ones, it just, it didn't feel the same. It felt different for some reason. It felt like the, uh, <laughs> run it you would just i don't know there was i felt maybe maybe it was a quicker time to kill i don't know i just felt like a just small little lemming would run into battle maybe if i was lucky kill one or two people die respawn you know live die repeat right (laughs) so Um, if i remember right from the beta i played with my other the other friends (laughs) uh that was the problem we had was it was really fast-paced and got really frustrating after a while because it seemed like you just ran and spawned in and died. Yeah. It was like Call of Duty on giant ass maps, right? Like yep. yeah. Call of Duty is always fast paced. And I love that. Like Modern Warfare 2, 
or Modern Warfare 3 and regular yeah. Modern Warfare. I played the hell out of those. Oh, yeah. It was fast. It was fun. It was the right size. But I didn't like running six miles because everybody took a vehicle. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> to get to the fight, die, run another six miles. Yeah. No, it, it, yeah, I don't know what... Because ha- I felt like there was a lot more teamwork whenever I played... Because I played hours of... Uh, I, I'm sorry. I think I came in late to Bad Company, so I didn't play as much. It was Bad Company 2 that I played a ton of and I had friends that would play with. And it felt more like you worked as a squad. And, and maybe that's just because yeah. I actually played with friends. But I mean, even when I was playing, you know, Battlefield 3, 4, and 1... Um, it's so weird saying it. I hate that companies keep doing Battlefield One. Well, it's not the first <laughs> one. It was World War One themed one. So, uh, but yeah, that whenever I even when I play with friends, it just felt like yeah, run in, die, respawn, re, you know, repeat. And it, it, I don't know. It just, I don't know what changed with their formula. Maybe they did start. They probably started chasing Call of Duty too much, like a lot of companies seem to do for some reason. <laughs> Halo. Um, but yeah. <laughs> speaking of, of Battlefield One, um, I remember the beta came out and I liked it and I was like, oh, I might play this. This is kind of neat. See if my friends want to play it. And you know, my friends en- ended up enjoying it, so we played for a little bit. Um, I never bought it, but my beta never expired. <laughs> so as soon as like it's still loaded with the beta screens and everything, like in the front, yeah, and then it just brought me into the game. I never ever had That's to buy hilarious. the game. Interesting, it was just <laughs> there constantly. Fun it was buy. great. I loved it. I loved it. It was pretty good. Yeah. So I mean, as far as I mean, Battlefield is concerned. I mean, like I, I'm I'm hoping maybe these this time off will allow them to m- kind of make something newer or go back to their roots i don't even know i mean the good news with that too is uh it sounds like i think there's a little bit of restructure i don't know if restructuring is the right word um maybe maybe focus is being directed a little bit more but i mean dice is is done supporting battlefront 2 they've finished up uh, i think their last dlc recently and last little additions obviously any major security issues or or bugs will be addressed, but they're done creating new content. And I know Battlefield Five uh, support is winding down there too. So I think Dice, the creators of of uh, Battlefield, are are I think they're they're going to be moving forward in a unified front to make this next game. So hopefully, hopefully that that means we'll we'll get something maybe new, better, something that'll bring me back in because I do miss those bigger. Um, those bigger matches, you know, with vehicles and things like that. I, I, yeah, I guess basically I best miss bad company too, but <laughs> did they take out like squad bonuses and things like that? I don't think I just so. remember. No, it's just... I remember playing through bad company in that and they probably didn't remove. That'd be a dumb thing for them to do. But I just remember like to your point, it felt a lot more like a squad game and everything you did was kind of with your squad at least. Yeah. Even if you didn't know them and you weren't talking, you were still like it still felt like everybody was running with their squad and just doing things together. Yeah, no, I think that all the games from I don't know when it was started, but um, I think all Battlefield games you can like spawn you know, whoever's in your squad. I think you can only have so many people in a squad, but you know if you're That's on like Bravo's four. team, you can you can all spawn in on each other, right? You don't have to spawn in at the yep. spawn point. So I think it's something within the gameplay itself that they they built yeah. it to be much more. Rambo-esque instead of you need your squad to be able to yeah. do stuff. A little less tactical too. Again, I don't know. Maybe I just yeah, had maybe. my rose-tinted glasses and just had so much fun with Bad Company and 
I don't know, but yeah, I feel it lost its 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 magic over the years. But the good news too that came out of the call was, uh, Mike, you should be excited. More EA games will come to Switch. Wait, 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 wait. Going back to Battlefield. Oh, okay, we're not done. I, have a, I have a quick Battlefield story. <laughs> um, if you ever played against other people, the helicopter, they were either really good with it or just shit with it. One of the two. Yeah. Right. Um, and I remember after I was like pretty deep into bad company too i think i had like leveled up as far as i could go or whatever um or as far as i wanted to or cared to i think unlocked like a specific thing um i was always running to see if i could get to the other team's base and hide wait for the helicopter to respawn load it with c4 <laughs> and then hide again yeah. and wait wait until they hit altitude and then just boom just blow. oh beautiful i got this same squad like three different times. <laughs> After that, every single time, because I'd go back up to the helicopter, every single time there was a manhunt in the bushes, in the little buildings, everything before they jumped in the helicopter. And right before they killed me one time, and then I stopped. Um, they found me, but somebody else jumped in the helicopter that they were going to take, flew and <laughs> blew them up and then died. It was the greatest. Yeah. That was, that was my happiest <laughs> battlefield moment. Yeah, I always like that kind of stuff or like where you would just, fill up a vehicle with C4 and drive it in somewhere and oh, yeah. <laughs> either jump out and let it go in if you were skilled enough or... Oh, no, you ride that puppy. Or, in. yeah, go suicide. Yeah. No, no, I, I miss that I miss that game. I remember having tons of fun playing it with uh, friends. So hopefully... hopefully Maybe we're 20... just getting old. Maybe that's it. That's what I'm just oh. one, not, maybe not an old, but maybe it's Never. just moving, moving on, right? You know, you, Chase, you're still like 22. You can't, you can't get into that boat yeah. yet. Can you buy alcohol I'm yet? Later 20s. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> oh well. Uh, uh, but no more games coming to the yeah. Switch. That's what we're. Gonna yeah, I was just gonna say. How about that Switch news? Uh so EA, unfortunately, <laughs> all the stuff that they've brought to the Switch has been like, yay, we don't care. Or like really um, old light. Like if you look at um, like the NF or the the soccer games and things like that, like FIFA, it was FIFA light. We didn't get all mm-hmm. the features. It wasn't even to me. It wasn't a complete game. So yeah. I mean, and then they brought Mass Effect One, cool. But at the same time, they launched uh, Mass Effect Trilogy to everybody else. It was like, hey, way to go! I'm not gonna buy it on the Switch. Yeah. And you wonder why your Switch sales were low. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I mean, obviously we, we, a lot of the people on the podcast really enjoyed the Switch. I don't have one as we've talked, uh, you know, a lot about. Just go buy um, one. Well, they need to get back in stock. But um, Steal like, one from Chase. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have one either. He's secretly stockpiling all of them. And, and <laughs> Out of a closet. I thought, you, ha- I thought you yeah. bought one for Smash. What happened to that? No. You never that, bought one for that Smash? never happened. I should have. Uh. But... but I mean, that's the thing that Nintendo's had kind of an issue with since probably what the Wii, right? Is not not it's not a bad thing, but they've it's not been as powerful as whatever at the time, you know, current gen systems are. So they usually I mean, we got this when we worked at, you know, at Activision, we we would work on the same games as the Sony and Microsoft teams, but they were always a little different. (laughs) (laughs) They, They all functioned a little bit. They weren't as graphically as, you know, fun and cool, you know. Um, and I guess cool is maybe not the, the best term to use for a lot of licensed games. But Skylanders was super dope. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's not a knock against Switch, but yeah, it's kind of a bummer where 
it does feel like a lot of older games or or not as many games you know or in your case like you're saying is oh yeah mass effect came but everybody else got you know the full trilogy where's you know where's that for us type of thing so yeah we'll see but i mean the good news is since we're talking about mass effect in my opinion we had just i had mentioned about the eahd title and i mean this has been rumors for quite a while now but uh it's rumored that this h uh hd title that they're doing is uh, a, a remaster of the mass effect trilogy um did uh i never beat three number what's one your favorite color the clunky <laughs> yeah <I know>. you <laughs> guys told me about that um the first one had the clunkiest shit controls I have ever played in like an action shooter. I was like, what is this garbage? Are you talking just for the slow. Mako, the vehicle? No, like in Mass Effect 1, like your character. See that? Like that's the Shepard moved like garbage, but in two, it was smooth. It was like butter smooth. Yeah. It was like melted butter over your mashed potatoes smooth. See, I, I don't remember much about Shepard moving and it being bad, but I do remember the Mako. Because I remember I went after whatever achievement it was to like explore all the planets or something. And some of those planets get pretty interesting and trying to <laughs> drive the Mako around is pretty awful. But uh, would you... I think part of the problem with the controls was that they didn't set it up like a first person shooter. So we'd been playing mm-hmm. like Call of Duty and whatever else like that. But then you get into this game and you have a, a total different remapping for the same kinds of things. So like... I want to I want to say that like drawing your weapon in ADS was like a Y button. So like if you wanted to ADS, you'd have to do it and like tap the button and then you're in it. You can't like reactively get in and out by letting go of the trigger. See now you're so I, I think it was just you're making me want to go back and play, which I haven't played it in go years. Go back and play. It was clunky. I don't remember it ever being clunky, but I, I'm if it, I'd rather wait until the remake. You remember Mass Effect Two? You just remember Mass Effect Probably, Two or Three? And how, well, so the, if they change the controls in Mass Effect One and you play the remaster, you're not going to get the clunkiness. Go back and clunk <laughs> it up. Yeah, it'd be hilarious. You go back to the remaster and like, see, Mike, it's perfect. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is so pretty. What are you mm-hmm. talking about? The remaster, just fine. I don't know what you're talking. Yeah. Um, would you guys buy or would you be excited about a, a remastered trilogy? Yes. I mean, yeah, because I've never played the Mass Effect games. Man, you got to play more games, Surprise. bud. I know. Like, <laughs> this would be a good trilogy of games to play through because they're just awesome. They're, they're so good. And it's like the story stuff I don't want to get into because we're going to make Chase play it. But if it does come to fruition, we'll just we'll chip in and like put together a GoFundMe and get Chase yeah. the fifty dollar <laughs> game. No, I I, um, well, I really hope it's I really hope this is a thing or at least the first one, um, you know, being remade in I'd imagine Unreal Four, maybe probably yeah, it wouldn't be Unreal Five, especially if it's within the next year. But yeah, no, a, a prettier and a better functioning Mass Effect trilogy or Mass Effect One would be pretty awesome. You were going to say just one and two about it. Oh, yeah, I'm just agreeing. Yeah, if this this sounds like the perfect time to pick up this game, if it's going to be remastered, might as well. yeah, <laughs> I don't have to suffer through the clunkiness. Oh, maybe we'll make it. <laughs> now I hope it's clunky. <laughs> oh, yeah. no, no, it legitimately it. So I remember that because I played I played it at a buddy's house and I was playing through. I was like, this game is garbage. 
why is this why is this getting so many good reviews on like everything because this this sucks i hate this game this is dumb then i I went back um and picked up when mass effect 2 came out i picked up mass effect 2 and i was like okay maybe this is better i played through like 30 minutes of it i was like okay there is so much here that i need to go back and play the first one um went back got through the clunkiness figure out how to do it beat the game and then carried my save data into the next one but it just two was so much better in every Mm -hmm. way i mean yeah Studios, you know, they improved upon it, which I'm very happy with. Um, so I'm not like knocking them for like having a shit game. It just, I almost didn't play the series because of that. Oh, wait, when was Mass Effect 1 released? 1995. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, no, it was, uh, um, was it 2007? I'm pulling it up here. 2007. Yeah, November 27, um, yeah. 2007. Okay, I can kind of see. Some clunkiness then being okay, yeah, or justifiable, <laughs> but no, so hopefully, hopefully, that's a thing. Yeah, Mass Effect 2 was 2010, so there they had plenty of time to like go over and do what they were doing. That's but. usually a lot of times why sequels are better because you know, they're especially if it's a first game in a series, they're you're, they're trying to figure things out and then you know and potentially either build or either build their own engine or build, you know, work in a new engine. Was, so it's all just figuring it out how to get everything going where the second time around, it's a lot more probably, you know, it's probably engine work or things like that, but there's probably a lot more time for story and art and refinement rather than just trying to get it to work type thing. Uh, plus you also know your game. Destiny two better than destiny one. Uh, in a, like, controls that's a no, no like, that is a no right the controls <laughs> no the game you said sequels are always better controls they are uh content no no <laughs> see they, yeah they're not always better yeah. yeah well you got me there but die hard or die hard too i just i like die hard there you go sequel may not be better yeah although Sam age Jack, of empires but... or age of empires 2 didn't play it. Your loss. Age of Empires 2 is better. <laughs> and, okay, fine, Mike. Fine, Mike. That's My statement is only true half the time. Warcraft 3 or Warcraft Reforged? <laughs> we need Rich here for that. Yeah. Oh, fun. Well, uh, let's try to tie up this EA stuff, but real quick, I want to touch. They, they are going to be supporting... <laughs> A few other games as part of this stuff, um, Sims, EA Access, silly stuff like that. But the one thing that was funny because they uh, this call and some of the news here that I'm gonna, about to mention were kind of a week or so apart was Apex. Uh, they, they announced that yeah, Apex is live service. They're going to continue uh, supporting that. So it was Apex Legends. That's their Battle Royale game. And then like a week or so later, uh, they announced that Respawn Entertainment is opening a new studio, Respawn entertainment is responsible obviously for apex as well as titanfall as well as uh star wars uh shit what's that star wars game that they just uh fall in order i have it's even here in the notes god i'm an idiot uh so (laughs) we don't we don't read our notes i can't read (laughs) we just i can't read i I use one of those um applications that i talk and it just writes it out for me so uh yeah, so this new studio is, is with how often <laughs> mine is wrong when I do that. <laughs> you gotta wonder. Yeah. Well, that's why my notes sometimes aren't the greatest. But uh, 
yeah, so this new studio is going to be completely responsible for Apex Legends. They're located in Vancouver. I don't think that really matters other than that's a area for game game studios. But uh, yeah, it was kind of just some interesting news there. Uh, a lot of interesting stuff, if you guys remember, is happening around Respawn and uh, Vince Ampelli, uh because Vincent to Dice LA, I believe, which they're going to be renaming that and building who knows what there. Uh, they were previously helping out the Dice team with, I think, Battlefront and Battlefield, but now they're going to be working on some new unannounced project. So that'll be interesting. Do you guys play Apex Legends? Did for a bit when it came out. It was a fun game. Yeah. I tried it. I just, I couldn't yeah. get into, I, like, the champions to me weren't really there. I just, I didn't really care for them. I would agree with that. It, 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 in my normal group, uh, it, it didn't take off with us. My disappointment. I don't know. There's something about it. My disappointment was this game caused them to shelve the next Titanfall game, which I really like Titanfall, Titanfall two. Uh, so I was a little pissed there. Plus when I first heard about it, I was like, Oh, uh, uh, Battle Royale set in the Titanfall world. That could maybe be interesting if there's wall running or Titans. Of which is that supposed to be in the Titanfall world? Yeah, but neither of those things are in Apex. It Legends. doesn't look like so. It. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, I don't know, but who knows? But um, oh, I keep saying quick, but I got two more things here. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order will be the start of a new franchise. That was that other Respawn Entertainment game. It'll be interesting to see if. That's what the I feel like, main studio is going to work on, but I feel like that game was a uh, if it sells really well, yes. If it doesn't sell really well, no. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. No, it's it. I mean, it's their first probably good Star Wars game that they released. Because I mean, yeah, people argue Battlefront, but those weren't great games, honestly. But this was a good story-driven one, so it's no surprise that they're gonna make more of those do uh do you guys want to shit on anthem a bit we haven't talked about that in a while Eh, i mean (laughs) could it's what's interesting to me about this is where you're talking anthem 2 right i don't think it's been officially named yet this is the i was if there is going to be an anthem 2 they're literally going to recycle what they have and this should be a DLC. No, so, so, <laughs> That's all. Yeah, that so I'm... this. So the, okay. So we'll talk about it here. So, in the in the financial call, there was zero mention of Anthem, which I was pretty surprised about because that's been trashed since its launch. But they keep, they just won't pull the the plug, right? They won't just let it die. Uh, they keep saying we're going to rebuild it, rebuild it, blah blah blah. Well, we hadn't heard about it in a while. And again, this is kind of a similar case to the respawn news. But a week or so, two weeks later, or whatever after the financial call, uh. uh the studio director for Bioware Austin uh, put out a, a blog update on kind of where they're at. And by Anthem 2, this is Anthem 2.0. I, I know that maybe is misleading in my notes here, but this isn't Anthem 2, it doesn't sound like. It sounds like they're just rebuilding Anthem and going to relaunch it at some point, which is kind of, I don't know. I, at this point, just pull the plug. Just just stop. Just kill it. <laughs> but um 
Yeah, it's a team of of about thirty people with it, which people were a little worried about. That's a small team for a live service game. Um, and I was interested to read that they're they're doing a lot of lot more of um, what do they call it here. Was it incubation team kicked off? And we're starting to validate our design hypothesis. It's like they're literally going back to the drawing board on a lot of these things. It sounds like again, it's just a trash game. They basically released so, it in a pre-alpha I, state and and now they're trying to. Actually- I get the feeling that thirty people. It's you said it's a yeah. small team, but that's again. I think they're going to recycle. We're going to see the same assets reused mostly. And the same service, like they've already got the online service there. They've already got, you know, a bunch of those things already in yeah. place architecture-wise. So they're probably, you know, just running with a small team to see if they can even, like, a kind of like an MVP. Yeah. So they're, like, building together a small piece and, like, hey, this is what we're going to try and do. What I want to know is who is the executive or who is the producer that is pulling these strings to get them to say, all right, we'll give you another go. Yeah, I don't know, because, again, it's it doesn't sound like it's going to be like an Anthem 2, like a brand new game. But it sounds like they're going to overhaul it quite a bit. And, yeah, to your point, I, I don't think the 30 people team is a bad thing because the smaller team allows them to probably iterate a lot faster, which at this point, you know, whatever they're doing to fix or make this game better yeah, you don't want a huge, you know, couple hundred person team like some live service games have, but it's just, I yeah, I don't know. They're yeah, they're just going to be again. I think overhauling the game, I'm hopefully get it run better. Hopefully make it a little bit more fun. I spent a little bit of time playing it. It becomes an arena shooter. It's just a small arena. Maybe shooter. maybe it just turns into a battle royale. I mean, it's yeah. <laughs> Or like, like Destiny's out. Destiny's Crucible. Like if they just turned it into that, they could probably salvage some of this. Yeah. So we'll 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 see what happens with that. If there's any, obviously we we like talking crap about the game. Uh, I was forcing it at one point. I was forcing myself to try to play through it because my younger brother was like, "I'll play with you." And then I played a couple hours, and he never hopped in with me. So I stopped, and it wasn't that great. My experience was not that great. Um, he trolled you. He's like, "Hey, let's play this." You started. He's like, yep, a "Sucker." Yep. Hey, I got him to spend ten dollars <laughs> on the game. Oh my gosh, shit. Uh, That's what you get for yelling at me in Destiny. Yeah, no, when I was playing it, it was just, <laughs> it was there was, uh, yeah. No, we'll move on. <laughs> we'll move on. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there you go, Chase. Do you remember just just do you remember like the original like um, teaser trailer that they showed for yeah. the game? That looked like the coolest shit ever. And you're jumping into these Iron Man suits. Yeah. And it's going to be, you are badass. I'm so sad. It, but we it, can move it, on. It still yeah. was like kind of a cool idea. I'll give them that. It's still a cool idea. And flying around like Iron Man is a lot of fun. That's the one thing the game got right. I am. Yeah, Iron it's flying around guy. like Iron Man. It's a lot of fun. But it's so broken. It's so bloated. It's so... It's, it's bad, it's bad. But uh, Iron Potato. Right. Well, go, moving Chase. on. Then. All it's done. Bad. <laughs> Let's go to respawn. Oh, we already talked about all this. Announces new studio. We have already oh, we covered. Did. Where have yeah. you been? He took a nap. Well, I'm behind. I'm. I'm. Yep. I'm... No, I think we kind of jumped around a little bit, so the notes were a bit yeah. off. But that's my yeah. fault. I was jumping around as it was so, relevant. Well, we're so on. We're was... on. We're on the backwards sex box. Yeah. <laughs> Yay, let's do that. Okay. So uh Xbox Series X backwards compatibility. 
So it looks like they uh, released some news on this, which, uh, let's see. We'll play all currently supported original Xbox and Xbox 360 games. We'll support all Xbox One games, including... Excluding. Excluding. Games. <laughs> oh, excluding. Excluding. Oh, no. yep, it will not have those. <laughs> um, so I didn't know the Kinect was even still a thing. I don't have an Xbox One, but... yeah. Looking at this uh, next bullet, like one hundred thousand uh, hours testing. Yeah, th- like this one. This one bugs me. I'll I'll, I'll get into this in a second. So one hundred thousand hours of testing has gone into backwards compatibility on the Series X, with over two hundred thousand hours by the time the console releases. Why didn't we get free Xboxes to try? This? I would have done this for yeah. free for them. <laughs> right. Well, I'm curious what they mean by this because I live in the testing world in software, and these numbers can be over-exaggerate and not uh, represent what they're actually trying to sell hey, here. I, so if you go 100,000 hours, that's over 11 years uh, worth of testing. So that's clearly yeah, automated I, stuff, yeah, right? So it could be automated. It also, like, how many machines are you running, right? right. So if you've got, like, 50 people and 1,000 consoles running it, you know, you, you're getting those hours of testing. It's just right. you're doing and, it all in one lump sum. Yeah. Right, and then I'm, then I'm curious what kind of testing they're doing because that's also important. Are they just running the same test over and over or are they actually testing it meaningfully? But well, I imagine... Uh, that could be a tangent. I imagine it's it. a mixture... Or, or, not I imagine. Uh, there's, I mean, there's got to be some automation in there, but I mean, one thing they did point out is a lot of... A lot of Microsoft people have... I don't know how many how many people. They didn't put a number to it, but there are quite a few people on the Xbox team that are have what they call take-home tests, right? So they have kits at home actual series x xboxes and they not only i assume test maybe some yeah they go play it yeah at I'm, home. I'm assuming they not only test some newer games but they also test a lot of the older games too so there's there's you know and obviously i'm sure there's dedicated test teams not just to take home people but uh no i think i think the idea here i think the numbers are because people like numbers and that makes you go ooh or question how they do yeah. it but i think the idea here is that they're they're not skimping on backwards compatibility uh you know for the next generation uh you know xbox fanboy here but you know they started this journey a few years ago where it's just like you know no game left behind (laughs) um but you know they they've the the back the what is it i forget the compatibility team there's there you go the compatibility team has been working on this non-stop obviously it started with uh 360 games then they brought in original xbox games and that team has only just kept improving and whatever they're doing is just to me insane because they're getting these games to run not only on current gen so- you know hardware and software um it's going to run on next gen software and hardware and it seems like they're always putting out updates or every new iteration or every bit of news we keep getting about backwards compatibility, whether it's current gen or now this next gen, there's always new stuff they're adding. Like these games are running better on the newer systems than they ever did on the, you know, the 360 or original Xbox. So it's just insane with some of these well, next yeah, points that we're going to get into stuff. just some of this really cool stuff and how, how awesome this compatibility team has just been doing supporting backwards compatibility i do want to make a note here real quick for any of our listeners by supporting original xbox games and uh xbox 360 games 
The thing to note there is it's and why I'll say put in the notes here is currently supported is because there is kind of a little goofy way that those those backwards compatibility work more in that they have to work with publishers to get some of those. I don't know what legal thing goes into it, but, you know, not not every game is playable because. You know, there's there's some sort of legal stuff they have to do with work with other developers. People yeah. own their. They can't just be like IP. Yeah, it's, it's, so it's not the full original Xbox catalog. It's not the full 360 games catalog. But there are quite a few titles there, and obviously, it's most of your major ones you would think are going to be there. So, but I did want to point that out. So yeah, interesting enough that those are good points. Microsoft is dumping a lot of resources into keeping the people past games yeah well and people <laughs> they're keeping they're trying to do a good job and so far i think mm-hmm. they are in keeping past experiences alive and um which helps bring in or contain continue to keep people with the new xbox yeah. coming out what? um but let's see so what what we got we got really quick backwards compatible um, oh okay wait 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 back to that 100,000 oh, oh. hours of testing yeah um i just did a quick math on it here and I'm terrible at math. This may be way <laughs> off, but if you had 10 teams, the two QA working in a 40 hour week um, to hit that 10 teams, two QAs per team to hit that 100,000 hour mark is only two and a half years of testing. So, I mean, the Series X has been in development probably for quite a while, or at least the technology for the backwards compatibility. Mm-hmm. So okay. even okay. if it's only been in development for five years or three years, they could still hit yeah. that mark really easily. Now, if you add, you know, if they're working agile and they've got devs are testing too, you multiply it by a seven man team. You're looking at at a lot easier uh, ways to hit that. But number. I, I think that's fair. That's that what I was saying sense. too. I think these numbers are kind of like to try to show off and kind of fire some shots at Sony because Sony's backwards compatibility has been pew, pew, pew. fuzzy since they announced it. So I think again it this is going to be one of Microsoft's strong points going into the next generation. So they're riding it. You know, this is one of their major, I'll say sellers, even though this is also one of the things that are kind of be like, you know, maybe some people won't buy a series X because they're like, well, my games are going to still work. You know, I mean, they're going to still get halo infinite and a bunch of other games for the next year or two on the other systems. So yeah, it's a, it's, it's just, I think again, just trying to tout it their their awesomeness fanboy here yeah well let's see what awesomeness they have so um <clears throat> the backwards compatible games were natively on the series x meaning they will run at peak performance including consistent frame rates rendering at their max resolution and faster load times so what does this mean so we got innovate Oh, I can't even say this word. Innovative HDR reconstruction technique will enable the system to automatically add HDR to all games, including original Xbox and Xbox 360 games. Quick resume feature will work with backward compatible games. I did not know that. That's really, really this, cool. This quick resume um, thing is the biggest thing for me. I love that. I am so oh, yeah, happy they're adding that. Yeah. It's like an instant pause, right? You can just, just hop out mm-hmm. and hop into something else. <laughs> yeah, and-, and real quick, I want to jump back. That HDR thing is, again, it's that whole, every time I hear about something new with this backwards compatibility, they're adding something crazy to it, right? Um, of the last two points we had there, you know, and I kind of touched on this already, is these backward compatible games are running better. They're, they're 
you know, as it says, I made note here, you know, they're, they're running at the peak frame rate that they can. If that game could run at, you know, 60 FPS, it's going to consistently run at that, right? There's not going to be dipping because of hardware because it's all older or whatever, right? Um, they're going to be rendered at whatever highest resolution that that game can support. Even if it was, I forget what game it was. Was it, um, oh, it was a Bioware game. I can't remember the name of it. It was like a samurai game or something like that, right? Uh, Jade Empire. There you go. That's the game I was thinking of. I think that was running at resolutions that were, you know, higher than it supported. It was like PC version supported, but the original Xbox didn't support that resolution. So, you know, they're, they're, they're just, again, making these older games run at the bet, you know, the best level they can be. And then to add on this technology, to be able to add HDR to all these older games, these games, HDR is something that kind of allows you to get, better color out of games you're it's going to be one of a lot of the next gen stuff is probably going to talk about it with their their you know their graphics and all that but being able to add this to older games is just i thought was pretty crazy yeah so if you have an hdr supported tv or monitor you can play original halo or, or, or original gears of war or something like that you know fusion frenzy you know whatever you want there and it's you you know you went to yeah i was just trying to think of some obscure games there right you know (laughs) kabuki warriors i don't know if that's backwards compatible or not but uh yeah no you're gonna be able to play these games in as weird as it sounds you're gonna have hdr on them if you're playing on like a 4k tv or something or a monitor that supports hdr so so. basically to put in layman's term what um matt just said there is it's almost like if you upgraded your computer to finally be able to run some of the some of the higher resolution or higher frame rate games um, at those higher ends. So it's really kind of cool to see that they did this and that they're not going to scale down. For yeah, it's not games. just let's just make it work. They're like, OK, we got it working. Let's make it better or let's make the experience better or let's do this weird technology stuff and make it look better after the fact. Again, it's just pretty crazy, in my opinion. Well, yeah, so all this means is like, uh, well, maybe you can explain this. So select games will also benefit from features like increased resolution up to 4K applying. Now, I don't under, I don't know how to say this word. Anisotropic filtering. filtering. I don't know if I said it right. Um, <laughs> do, you know, do you know what that is? <laughs> We put you it know it's funny. No I, I'm reading clue. through my notes here. I'm like, I'm gonna go Google that so I have this when we come across it and I can explain it. And then I never did. Um, yeah. Anyways, it's a thing. Well, so but it so you can. Uh, what we're looking at with this new hardware, you can use games that will gain 30 FPS and they can get bumped up to 60 or 60 to 120. Yeah. And so, like you were just saying. Even the old games, it'll be cool to play on the new system because it'll be uh, that just want much more uh, better looking yeah. and fun to play. It sounds like with this part of the news that came out of the the, the article that Microsoft put out was, it, it as it says, select games, right? It's not going to be everything, but I'm assuming maybe, you know, top games from each generation um, are going to maybe get a little, again, it sounds like there's probably a little bit more work involved to get those those games doing it but i mean we see technology for upscaling things so you know it's no surprise that you know some games might get 4k upscaling you know including original xbox games 
you know, it's it's and again, kind of talking about peak performance and stuff with games. Um, I don't know what tech would go into allowing it to, you know, run a 30 FPS game at 60 FPS or 60 at 120. I don't know what tech would be involved. I'd like to know more about that because that's interesting. Um, cause I feel like, again, not being an expert here, I feel that's something you would have to kind of code in or work with the engine to do that. Um, so I'd like to know more about that, but that's, again, it just kind of feeds into the craziness of they're not just trying to get these to run. They're like, how do we get these run just awesome? How do we get to run? Uh, you know, how do we take full advantage of this new system that we're building? Um, because that was the other thing that, it, that was noted is this, this is, you know, all of this stuff is done with no requirement from the original developers of the game, right? So Microsoft is just running it through emulation software might probably not the wrong word, but like their own software to do this and they're making it all better. So it's, yeah, it's just crazy. I, I don't know. It's going to be awesome to see, I, uh, but yeah, too. I'd also like to see, as I mentioned, how they're doing this, doing this 30 FPS to 60 stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, well, should we, in the news of Xbox, should we jump over to Sony real quick? Let's, do... um, let's see. <laughs> so Sony requires developers to support PlayStation 5. Tile submitted for certification on or after July 13th of this year will be required to support PlayStation 5. This comes from developer documentation from PlayStation Eternal Partner website. Uh, Sony will work closely with developers to help them get games working on the PlayStation 5, which I would hope so. But, I don't know. The, to me, that doesn't seem too weird. They have to sunset stuff at some point. And well, it's the, the interesting... need people to develop the, for the The interesting stuff. thing is they're... Forcing probably sounds like a wrong word to use, but they're... Yeah. Again, any yeah. anything released after or on or after, I'm sorry, not released, um, anything submitted for certification. Uh, Mike and I have, have, have experience with all, this whole certification process with working at Activision. Basically, the big three, your Microsoft, Sony, Nintendo, all have requirements on for your software to follow uh, to be approved to be released on their system. So... Any games submitted for certification, which you have to get certified before you can release on their system, as I mentioned, um, on July 13th or after, has to also be compatible with the PlayStation 5, which, again, it's not really like crazy news, um, but it's just interesting, especially since it's required. It's not it's not optional. It's required. Um, You would think most developers would probably want to do that just so they get their games released on both systems. But um, it, yeah, it was just kind of interesting that, that Sony's making this a requirement. And, and again, as you pointed out, uh, Sony will be working, you know, with a lot of the developers to make sure that you know, it, you know, it, it passes sort of, you know, get games, get the games they're developing uh, certified on the PlayStation Five. But it was just interesting that uh, this was coming out, and it's not optional for developers. Yeah, and hopefully this spurs. Um, there was wasn't developers working for you know the PlayStation Five um, product line. Maybe they can do it now, and maybe this spurs on documentation and stuff that Sony needed to provide everyone to make it easier to make games for PlayStation Five. So, 
maybe there's maybe this is just a really good thing and it just means there's yeah. going to be more games are they going to help financially that's what i want to know oh that that's a good question so if you're now being required it like we also know you know working in the industry like dates slip all the time you are pushing to get like that certification in on a certain date and that's you know if it doesn't hit that certification date you might not hit street date all sorts of things like that but like if you can't make you know that july 13th date um are they going to pay for it like is sony going to say okay we will subsidize some of your costs because now you've got to add extra yeah. stuff to it I, i'm wondering if too coming off the talk of microsoft is i'm wondering if and and I wish Sony would just and they they are actually in in, in a couple days going to have a lot of or some news on their PlayStation Five. But I wonder like like is Sony just not going to have a lot of games on their PlayStation Five when they launch again? Microsoft has the benefit of going, hey, we have three generations of games that are going to work day one. You know, you know, just buy our system. You can play all the games you're playing now, right? <laughs> you know, maybe plus PlayStation's true. like going, oh shit. Um, our backwards compatibility stuff is behind. We're not going to have as many as we think. Uh, you know, obviously traditional console launches. Generally, there's not a lot of games to start. You know, there's maybe 10 or 15. I feel like in the past is is what a, a good range of launch titles are. So maybe they're kind of feeling some of that heat and they're just like, hey, you know, we need some more day one games or some in the launch window of the PlayStation 5. We're going to require people. But yeah, to your point, Mike, is that that could that could cost a lot of money especially too if certification slips and they get past the 13th date i, I i'd imagine it, maybe if you ask nicely sony's like yeah yeah whatever you originally weren't going to be certified for playstation 5 you slipped whatever just playstation 4 um or if this is a hard date yeah, where like it's work like with oh, a, work with a team that's like hey we're yeah. not going to make it <laughs> we are also not going to do what you're asking if they're just going to work with them the other part to that is then they have to certify exactly. for PlayStation Five, so you've got to you've got to then submit for both. It's not just the one system. You now have to say, do I comply with everything mm-hmm. PlayStation Four? Do I comply with everything PlayStation Five? Can you imagine if they can't hit that PlayStation Five certification, and then what do they do? Well, I can't release PlayStation Four because I'm not certified yeah. for PlayStation Five. And I, you know what? What do you I, even yeah, do? Just some of it goes goes back to the money and the development is. I imagine it's not going to be hard for developers to make something run on the PlayStation 5 after it's been running on the PlayStation 4. It's probably, oh, it's not, probably difficult, not difficult, but yeah. you would still think there'd probably be some bugs, some optimization, probably some uh, like text and, and maybe some uh, imagery for like, you know, button images and things like that that might need to be changed. But again, it's it's still a lot of extra developer work. I'm I'd be curious to know if like if this is just the public's just hearing about this and people developing for Sony or you know PlayStation games they've, oh, they've, they've known, known for like forever. six months and they're like yeah why who gives a shit about this article right or if this is as much of a surprise to them as it is to us. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's interesting, <laughs> but I, again, I, I think there's a lot of interesting things to take from this yeah not knowing if it's just kind of a push to get more games on playstation 5 if it was dropped on developers the extent that Sony's going to be working with developers to get their game certified for playstation 5 yeah there's a lot of stuff we don't know i wonder if it's got to be an upscale to playstation 5 or if it's just the backwards compatibility yeah too. like once their backwards compatibility is working 
does that mean then your game has to work with their backwards compatibility or are they saying you need a PlayStation yeah. 5 version? Yeah, I, it's, I don't know. Hopefully, again, this month Sony's going to be talking about PlayStation 5, so hopefully we'll get some news. Hopefully, maybe we'll get a cost to the system or even like hell, just show me the system. What's the system look like? I want to see running on it. a new a new Onimusha. <laughs> I want to see that. I don't think this is a Sony game, but I want a Croc 3. Dude, no, it's Capcom. Me, it's it's Capcom. We've been getting Croc. all kinds of Resident Evil, right? So I want to see Onimusha. God, I'm pretty sure they're Capcom. I hope I didn't just say they're Capcom and they're not. I don't know. I'm looking up Croc because that's the game I want. Both develop Argonaut games. I wonder if they're even around anymore. <laughs> yeah, it is Capcom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, throw away yeah. my credentials right there. <laughs> But no. <laughs> All right, Chase. I think we beat that to death. Unless there's something else you want to talk about with it. Yeah, that horse has turned <laughs> yep. to glue. Let's move on. Well, let's go. I'm actually this. This might be one of the games I pick up when it comes out. So, Cyberpunk 2077. Have you played The Witcher? Um, three. Let's see. Uh, uh, yeah, we're talking about Cyberpunk right now, dude. Not not. Nope, yeah, nope. but the, we're, Witcher we're not talking 3, about Witcher, what I have wait, or haven't played. So, Witcher Three, Chase. If you don't, if you if you're not sure. Witcher 3 was developed by the same... Well, the Witcher series was developed okay. by the same people. Okay. So I figured uh, if you liked Witcher 3, you probably cool. would be picking this up. Oh, I definitely like Witcher 3. I I just may or may not have played it yet. <laughs> it's not the one on Netflix. <laughs> but, oh. Yeah. That's the TV show. Which is also good as well. <laughs> Dang <but>. it. <laughs> Yennefer. Um, but, wow. Uh, I can't make that growly noise, otherwise I would. <laughs> can't roll my tongue. Can we just do like five minutes of Jennifer growling? <laughs> <laughs> it's the purple. It's the purple eyes. Like purple's my favorite color against that dark backdrop yeah. of hair, and then the un- and then the unicorn bang. So much Spoiler, I haven't gotten to that section yet. Need those purple contacts. Oh. You- <laughs> I've heard about it. (laughs) Wow. Anyways, do we want to talk about Cyberpunk? Okay, Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk. (laughs) So they have a rating M. Uh, You're going to get a rock in five seconds. Uh, Well, let's see. What what, what, uh, rating M comes from? Blood (laughs) and gore, intense violence, nudity, strong language, and strong sexual content. Use of drugs and alcohol. I think we saw all yeah. of that in the trailer. Like that gameplay video, like that first gameplay video that they released. I'm pretty sure it checked off all those Yeah, we, and we right talked away. about this kind of the, nope. uh, again, another previous podcast where it was, uh, was it a Brazilian rating or where was it? Spain? Oh, wow. Spain? I don't know. It was another rating where it was basically the same thing. So, and again, as we mentioned then, like big surprise, like, this is getting an M? Oh, no. Like, you know, to, to nobody's surprise. But, yeah, we have an official ESRB rating of M. And, yeah, and it's it's got all the good stuff in it. Everything you want in a good video game. Um, yeah. It is, uh, I, I thought it was listed here. I know I made a note here, but I thought it was also listed somewhere in the ESRB rating about the, the in-game purchases. Um, yeah, that's nice. yeah that's but nice it, I thought it was actually that. part of the rating. You know how uh, we tried, I think, three times to talk about the yeah, new ESRB it, it and game purchases thing, but those episodes died due to technical issues. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, no, it's it's um, added as in-game purchases because it's a new requirement yeah. from the ESRB. 
Oh, but so but, like it's so just a clarification. DLC. Yeah, it's okay. So a CD Projekt Red representative explained that the in-game purchase descriptor is now required for games that may receive expansions yep. in the future. Yeah, that's dude. interesting. Yeah, so I really, think um, Fire Emblem. Like I was just looking at the Three Houses expansion. I think it also yeah, says in-game purchases. And there aren't. There's no microtransactions. I, I don't remember who houses, it's uh, CD Projekt. Not that I remember. Shit, what? are there? I was just saying, I don't, I don't know sorry. who at CD no, Projekt Red, but they, they've also haven't been, you know, secretive about their DLC plans. Now, obviously, it's not, you know, set in stone what they're doing, but they're like, basically, you remember the the two expansions Witcher 3 got? Yeah, you're going to get ones like that. That That's the DLC you're going to get, right? So it's not going to be like some probably live service type bullshit or, or little DLCs and stuff here and there. It's just going to be, you know, when it, they have DLC, it's going to be, the the classic those you know us us old pc gamers an expansion you know a good chunk of game it's being added so uh yeah but yeah esrb is requiring the in-game purchase thing on the the box now so they just didn't want gamers to get all scared that they're they're going all live service and stupid it makes sense because you are like you can purchase it through like the game into the game store and whatever else so i get it yep yeah, that's true. Um, the best but part. Even more importantly, Cyberpunk. Oh yeah, yeah, the best part. In Cyberpunk twenty seven seven, you can customize your. Now, do you think this is like you know how some character <laughs> customization can get very yeah. detailed? Like, do you think you can do that too? <laughs> yeah, Conan. Conan could get very detailed. You want the left one to hang a little lower than the right. You can put you the third one in there, or only go one. <laughs> If I'm going to role play me, I want my balls to <laughs> you look <can> have right. both. <laughs> In all honesty, the way that this sounds, because it's futuristic and whatever else, I am going to make my genitals look like a mind flayer <laughs> from D&D. There is, there is no, like, it is absolutely going to be squid yeah. dick vagina. Like, just just penises yeah. with a mouth we'll, we'll, let, we'll let Chase get through with the rest of the notes here. <laughs> kind of like Squidward, like Squidward okay. face. Um, like. The, the description of this is players can select a gender and customize their character. Customization can include description of breasts, buttocks, and genitals, as well as various sizes and combination of genitals. That's where and, it gets you, the combinations of genitalia. <laughs> yep, there you go. That, and so they go on to say that it's not traditional gender in this game. It's just a customization to try and uh, better represent what topics we're talking about in no, today's I think, world. Right? I think this custom, this level of customization just fits into the theme and the world of the game, right? You know, it's all about body modification. It's futuristic. Right? Yeah, it's futuristic. It's just... You can have gun arms. You could have, you know, <laughs> trans characters. Why not? Why the hell not? Yeah. Like, this is fucking yeah. cool. <laughs> Do you think I, I you agree. could put it all over awesome. your body, or do they have I, to be I, in their I, relatively normal bots? <laughs> just, yeah. Dick, yeah. just dick nose. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> yeah, one of those, like, would you rather type thing. Would you have a dick in your nose? Or <laughs> yeah. Um, this conversation could get very interesting very quickly. But, yeah, no, I think this is kind of interesting. I'd like to see it in more detail, uh, you know, just yeah, just very interested in this, and it, and it's just kind of I think just really cool with just again the theme of the game and just you know again body modification and and futuristic and 
yeah, it's weird, but it lets you be whoever you want to be. So that should make a lot of people happy. So. Yeah, yeah, no, this is, this is great in a lot of different ways, you know, and wow. you don't get a lot of games. <laughs> you, you don't get a lot of games where, you know, you get to pick something other than the the genders that are already. Given. Yeah, they don't have so a, really neat. a another note here. Sorry, Chase, I'm stealing it, but they don't have a traditional uh, gender option in the game. You just make your character, it sounds like. So, but again, as we're talking about being able to customize your genitals, uh, you know, it makes sense. You know, you can still make your traditional whatever to gender, you know, just to throw this wrench in there, I wonder what they did for pronouns. Ooh. If they if they were like Ooh. conscious about that, or if they were like, if they just left it as you know, whatever whatever haircuts you choose from, maybe you pick them is, is going to give them to call you whatever. Or maybe or, the more more no more that, stuff you customize in your kind of traditional, you know, one or two ways, it's like ah, oh, you're more kind of male, so or you're more you know, in, or who knows? Maybe if you go right in the middle, that's just like I don't know. I'm not an expert on that stuff. We'll have to see. But yeah, it's interesting. Good question. I, I'm interested yeah. to see what happens. Like the dialogue, just all of that. You know, that's pretty heavy. If, you, if you're going to add gender fluidity into the character model, how do you then ensure that every line of text for whatever direction mm. the story goes is on well, that we, right protagonist maybe it's as just whatever they chose? Just to like one of the... the the game characters they they have to check on your character like um it what 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 you picked and then so you get a marker and then therefore the game um characters npcs yeah it'll obviously load the right whatever if you get the chance to pick it'll obviously road load what you picked i'm just saying how many dialogue maybe they just go uh maybe they just go mass effect right you know you could pick a, a male or female shepherd shepherd you could pick the first name, but you were just Shepard. Oh, yeah, that's, that's because perfect. I didn't. I thought I could rename everything, so I was Han Solo Shepard for three games because I thought <laughs> I could be Han Solo. But you yeah. went with Han and, Solo, and I feel really bad because Why? my Han Solo Shepard save files, I can't find him, so he's dead. He's dead. I need those remasters to come back so I can revive and relive Han Solo Han Solo Shepard's life. <laughs> In Mass Effect, I'm pretty sure I made mine Fred. So he's Fred Shepard the whole yeah. time. Yeah, so maybe they'll do something like that, where it's just like, yeah, you're just yeah agent or like Johnson, Johnson, yeah, Johnson. All right, well, well we're all looking forward to being able to customize our genitals in Cyberpunk 2077. Oh, it's going to be great, and well. To go on to even a topic that yeah, we talked about. We're meeting a dead horse, two different dead or horse. two of our favorite horses in this episode to be. Oh, we're looking at like a team now, man. Like a... <laughs> uh, can we change can we change this episode's like graphic to be that dude with the stick? Just <laughs> you mean Jared from Subway in South Park episode <laughs> where he's just beating a dead horse? <laughs> <laughs> yes. We could, I guess, if we wanted to. Maybe not Jared yeah, from somewhere. He's some... not the greatest guy in the world. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, so here comes the dead horse. It's Google Stadia. Stadia uh, over promise says it's not Google Stadia. It's a Stadio. 
I see Stadia. Oh my! Again, this is what happens when per- one person does the notes. <laughs> Mistyped. So, well, let's see. So, streaming technology is upon us. The launch of Stadia has been slow. I think there was some overpromising on what the technology could deliver, and some consumers' uh, dis- disappointment as a result. Stressing that it wasn't the game changer it was made out to be, and I think a lot of people called it. <laughs> they promised a lot at the beginning, and they're like, "There's no way that there's no way they could do it." And, and we called that like early yeah. on. Our first episodes were saying, "Like, how are you yeah. gonna? This is crazy." Don't and, and I think uh, don't. as a reminder for those that didn't listen to our 18 episodes of game streaming that we've done, uh, is at least I'm not. I I'm not opposed. I think game streaming is is a cool idea. I think it's going to be part of the future of gaming. Uh, it's just Stadia. Google hasn't done it. Yeah, I guess I was a little surprised to see that this was Take Two CEO that was saying this. Um, again, I mean, it's just one of those like I'm saying I'm saying what everybody's thinking. You know, like this this is not the game changer it was, you know, sold to be. It's um, well, it seems like leadership is really out of touch with what people can develop and what what people are trying to do right now on those teams. I don't, I don't understand how there could be such a gap between like a CEO and then people building a certain technology. <laughs> You've worked at a corporation before. Okay, I can see how you it have, does. You have I, developed. I'm not going to say any names, world, but you have developed world. at a corporation. You know that there is, even when they Don't. know, they pretend. Yeah, but I want... <laughs> Want this to reach out to every CEO and have this world yep. change. All our all this our listeners okay. are CEOs of you know huge companies. Yes. <laughs> Fortune five hundred CEOs. Mr. Strauss, I'm no. looking at you. No, that's just one of those things, you know, and they're not gonna come out in sales and say, Hey guys, we're doing this game streaming thing and it's a piece of shit. Not that Stadia is a piece of shit. Oh, it's, actually, it's not awful. Like, in our last episode of yep. it and it wasn't we had our, we had our gripes, yeah. We had, we had a couple of gripes, but it was it's not like it's bad. It's just not and what they it doesn't seem like they're supporting it. Right, it, it's, it's setting expectations correctly. Would you say, Chase? Sorry, Matt, what was that? <laughs> Dang yeah, um, we're we're losing you a little bit. Oh no! So, don't lose me. I'm coming back. Um, I was just saying that they have to set expectations. That's well, I think it's all that people they would want. Set expectations, the and they've been. Like it launched, and then it's just to me again. I'm not tied in. I don't have it, but it, it's you, anytime I hear about it, it's usually something bad, right? Or something like what was it the other week when it was something, or the other month when it was something good? It's like oh, achievements and game clips are finally in the game. It's like that's five six months late. But you're not guys, playing with anybody, right? so <laughs> you know you launched back in what was it November? Uh, yeah, so it's just it's. It's just confusing that the, the, you would think at least for a year they'd be pushing hard. They'd be, you know, just trying to be like here, you know, just promoting the hell out of it. Just trying to get people to sign on running deals. Granted, yes, they did two months of free Stadia here during the the pandemic. But I mean, that's that was just kind of like, well, everybody's home. Let's see if we can reel a couple of these suckers in. Right. Uh, you know, it, it's it's I don't know. It's a very confusing launch and post-launch that they're doing. And I don't know. I, I think it's 
Do you think they would have had better success if they would have said, hey, guys, we're putting out a game streaming service, and it's just going to be, to start with, it's going to be this. Yeah. We're going to have games. We're That's it. We're not going to have achievements. If they would have done that, do you think it would have sold? Well, I think there's a level of expectations now with new consoles even if you're new to the market right now granted it's not a console but right it's it's gonna it's supposed to be taking place of a console so things like your social aspects your achievements or trophies whatever you want to call it right those things kind of you know gamers expect now yeah i mean you could come out and say we don't have you know don't have it or don't mention it at all they're like as long as you but i I think my yeah i don't know it's i'm gonna pull this i'm gonna pull this over like okay so for example, Pokemon Go, right? It blew up right away. It was huge. Everybody played it on every street corner. You were catching Pokemon. But then as yep. soon as the novelty of catching Pokemon on your phone wore off, it kind of it kind of dipped yeah. and they lost a lot, right? Uh, not like money, but they lost a lot of their player base. Uh, it started to grow. There's still a lot of people that play it. But in those early you know, six months when they're still trying to get the network right, they're still trying to get everything going perfectly people were complaining that this isn't Pokemon. This isn't Pokemon. This is a piece of shit. I can't battle my friends. I can't do this. I can't do that. There's no multiplayer. What the heck? And then as it slowly built in, you know, now there's online tournaments because the community is there. The pieces are there. So what I'm wondering is if it would have been like, if they had looked at something because Niantic is owned by Google. So maybe they looked at that and said, well, we got to tell them that we got everything already and say, you know, shit here is we've got all this cool stuff come to us and then when they get here we'll just slowly give it to them like we did with pokemon go and hope that it sticks with how many other people like i know niantic i, is, I think it's part of alphabet maybe not part of google but right you know, whatever. I, I just think same difference <laughs> i didn't make that connection until like at the end of my rant there that they owned them but just it, it's one of those things like if you don't promise them everything right up front you may not get those people but if you give them enough and enough people stay, then, you know, your your base will start to build as that communication goes out to say, hey, the games are getting better. The service is getting better. All of these things are starting to show up. Why don't you come join it us? Is, I don't think Google has done a good job of that with Stadia, as we've, again, talked quite a bit. Again, you know, the whole idea of not being able to play some of your PC library, rebuying it, you know, subscription service. They don't even have their free service out yet. Uh, again, just missing some features. I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe they just want to try to get people in and yeah, they'll release this and then try to pull me. Pull. I think if they launched their free, like if they would have done their free service, I think they yeah. have better. I, I think too, it, it almost would have been better to maybe, like, I think they were trying to make it to... We've talked about this before, so I'll keep it short. I think they were trying to make it to market first. I think they were trying to take over that space, you know, be the first ones there and to control that space. But realistically, they should have just done, you know, what kind of I feel... I, now, this I I got on the train late, but it, almost what GeForce Now has done, right? Sound like GeForce Now is kind of almost in a beta for, I think, the last, like, year or two, I think, if I remember correctly, Uh and then, you know, now recently in the last couple of months, they've kind of launched that service. And we've, again, talked about that as well. But it almost seems like Google Stadia, again, they promised the world and they haven't delivered. And it's just, I think, just hurting their 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 brand and their name. And, and they're just not keeping up with it or not promoting it. I, again, I don't know what's going on over there. It just doesn't make sense to me. I don't know. 
Yeah, last last comment here. That wasn't even Google that came out and said, oh, sorry, we underdelivered." Yeah. It was take two CEO. Well, I think, again, like, I think he's just saying what everybody's thinking, so. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. I'm not like, yeah. he's not calling them out. I'm just saying, like, it sucks that it wasn't it wasn't Google that was like, hey, guys. Because when they do sorry. come out and talk about it, they're just going to be like, yep, we're throwing it in the, the application graveyard. <laughs> Good luck, guys. Check out check yeah. out some of these cool games that you won't get to play because we're going to can it. Well, does that mean we're done with Stadia? <laughs> One last <laughs> Stadia on comment here. We're going to like, no, I'm kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, well, moving on to the next game stream. Wow. Uh, ooh, I almost had it. That was a good uh, one. <laughs> GeForce Now library being defined. So let's see. We're getting 200 publishers committing to the service, uh, which, if I remember right, is way better than what news had before when they had a bunch of people I would just be, off that platform, weren't they? I, I think there's, as one of the notes here will be one of the big names, but I, I don't think... Uh, I'd be curious to see like a list of all these, right? Um, because, hell, I'm just going to name names. Obviously, yeah, we know that true. they're... There's a lot of uh, companies jump ship like Bethesda, you know, Activision Blizzard, uh, 2K Games. You know, they they've all pulled their games. Um, who else do I have listed here? Your your ex, some Xbox Game Studios, Warner Brother Interactive Games. You know, say so they've been losing some of the big name ones. So again, kind of the it's flashy, the 200 publishers committing to the service. But I'd be curious how many of those are kind of like that that actually publish a lot of the mainstream games that everybody plays um, and would like to play. Um, you know, one of those is Ubisoft. I know they've been pretty vocal in supporting GeForce Now. So I believe most or if not all of their library will be accessible on GeForce Now. Interesting. Okay. Um. Well, let's see. So they're moving forward. Only games that opt into the service will be playable. So, so basically any, so if basically at the end of the month, which we're recording in the final day of, of May, uh, any, any publishers uh, that didn't, you know, kind of opt into the service, um, their games are going to be pulled from the GeForce Now library. You're not going to be able to play those, right? Moving forward with this, you know, yeah, full launch yeah. of GeForce Now, if you want your games on the service, you're going to have to work with them. I think what happened in the past, again, I came in late to the party and, and we've talked about a uh, previous podcast, but it, this has been, I think, in beta for quite a while. So I think there was probably a lot of expectations. Uh, you know, they worked with a lot of uh, publishers to get their games playable, but it wasn't a full release. So I think that's why it's kind of been a little iffy launch of GeForce now. Because I, I don't know what it's got to be legal stuff, right? Um, it's it made it sound like a lot of these publishers kind of were like, "Hey, it was fine in your beta phases, you're testing it out, but now that you're released, you know, I don't know." It, it, it's I, I'm sure we'll see some of these publishers probably make their way back on some of the big name ones, but again, I'm guessing it's just a lot of legal stuff, uh, you know, or control, you know, that these publishers want to keep with their games and and. Uh, but it, it is kind of a, you know, anybody that likes a service and has used this service, yeah. uh, which we spoke highly of it, uh, you know, having some of those big name games on there is, you know, is about or not not having some of those big name games on there and publishers is a bummer. Um, 
you know, like your, especially, you know, your Activisions, your Blizzards, uh, Bethesda, things like that, those games. So, yeah, I would agree. Um, and maybe, well, there was some article suggesting that it was just uh, legal stuff. And then and once it was all resolved, people would come back to the platform. Um, I mean, we'll have. Um, so we'll see. But I mean, one, one, one company on here that will be interesting to see what they do is the Microsoft Xbox Game Studios because they're developing their xCloud um, service since that's their own game streaming. So now I imagine uh, yeah. <laughs> fanboy Matt over here. I imagine Phil Spencer's, you know, if more companies go back or maybe there's already a plan to go back, I imagine Microsoft would go back on that platform just because it feels like this generation is all for Microsoft or Xbox game studio is all about. We don't give a shit where you play the games. Just play the games. Here's all the games we're making. Just playing wherever you want type thing. Right. That's why we're getting a lot more PC support. That's why. Right. I think after, I think it'll be after X cloud though. I don't think that they're going to be willing to put their games up there right away with, you know, until X cloud is available. Yeah. Like, no, it'll be interesting, but yeah, I imagine some of the, big names will come back at some point but uh <laughs> baby come back yeah you don't have to play God, oh that felt TV. so good it's been so long since since i've shit on game streaming and anthem it just i think this has just been a blast of an episode <laughs> i've been yeah. locked up in covid for weeks yeah finally got everybody's shit like on something. Yeah, finally it's been like 10 episodes ah. before the, since they've talked about that stuff and then here we are again i think it's only been like yeah, six. it's just feels like forever I being, feel like it was you know six, after being inside know, for so many weeks yeah feels like the first time Yes, it does. It does actually feel like the first time. It's just, it's just so refreshing talking crap about. Again, I should say Stadia and Anthem. Uh, and we didn't really talk crap about it. We just, yeah, we're pointing out that they didn't do what they say what they were going to do. And, That's all. I mean, like we said earlier, they're not they necessarily kind of fall a little short of some of the other services, or I maybe not fall short, but where some of the other services like XCloud and GeForce Now uh, shine. Because of GeForce Now, you get to play all your games that you already own. And they also had that. They kind of had yeah, that infrastructure. Well, that's a whole ecosystem already. And I don't know about I don't know about the Nvidia thing. Um, if they had, if GeForce Now had any infrastructure previous to that, if there was a GeForce gaming platform, I don't yeah. know. I don't PC, so I don't know. I'm not sure either. Maybe <laughs> it'd be funny if they're using like Microsoft. Yeah. Cloud service. They could be. It could be. I mean, I think it's. I don't know the technical stuff behind it, but it's probably just a virtual machine because you sign in and you just. Yeah, there's probably a little interesting tech there for oh, yeah. you know to help yeah. uh, optimize gaming, but. Well, it's either Microsoft, Google, or Amazon if yeah. they're on any of those. They built their own. They built their own cloud. They built the, the Internet G2, Two, probably. which is just for GeForce <laughs> now. Internet 2.0. They they took a bottle yeah. of water and they they got it all warm <laughs> until it would turn into vapor and then they released it into the it's, air. Yeah, oh. it's building a bunch of saunas everywhere. <laughs> Our cloud was built. 
Alright all, well, that is wrapping up for tonight's awesome gaming podcast thingy majiggy episode stuff. Yeah, episode. There we go. There's a word for it. (laughs) Where can they find us, Chase? Oh, they can find us, well, uh, campfiregamingpodcast.com. That's campfiregamingpodcast.com. Campfiregamingpodcast.com. And our Twitter handle, Mike. Ooh, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put that on three tries, three tries. Uh, Mike. (laughs) Uh, So we are at Camp Game Pod on Twitter. Uh, What about our Discord? This is like trivia. Uh, Hey, I know this one. Pick me, pick me. (laughs) No, (laughs) too late. You get you get one answer right. Trivia, Alex. Right, Alex Trebek. Yeah, I'm I'm smart. Uh, no, Discord can be found uh, through our, our website at campfiregamingpodcast.com. Uh, we have a link there to a lot of our social medias. But yes, check us out on Discord. Hop in there. Join the conversation. We'd love to hear from you. We'd also love to hear, you know, maybe chat with you and get some ideas for things you'd like to hear us talk about on future podcasts. Back to you in the studio, Chase. All right. I... Don't know what else to say. Thanks for listening, out. everybody. Yeah. Stay safe. Honestly, stay safe. Keep it real. And we'll see you next time on the Campfire Gaming Podcast where we might be able to do the sexy growl. This wow. got really weird. <laughs> yeah, it's my fault. Jennifer does that to me. All right. See you next time around the campfire. Yeah.